You're listening to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, episode 25, all about capturing great testimony videos with Ben Stapley. Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks, a podcast designed to help you master church communications and social media. These are practical solutions from the trenches that any church can use. Now, let's join your host, Seth Muse, who prefers rock and roll facts to alternative facts. Hey everybody, what's going on? Welcome back to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. I am your host, Seth, and I am very happy to be with you today. Thanks for tuning in and listening. A couple of quick things before we jump into today, to today's content, which I think you're going to love, with guest Ben Stapley. We're going to be talking about uh, we're going to be talking about capturing those interviews that people do at church. You know, that are really great. They're really great interviews that tell incredible stories, and you capture them on a video. Let's call them video testimonies. Yeah. Those things. We're going to be talking about how to capture great video testimonies. We'll be talking about the how-tos of the video and audio, as well as interview questions and how to get people to open up and how to handle, how to set up your interview. It's an incredible conversation. If you do anything like this for social media or for your church in general, um, you, you got to listen to what Ben has to offer on this. He's a guru and an expert on on video. He is the uh, one of the online campus pastors at Liquid Church. Uh, I'll let him tell you all about that. And uh, he's just got some great things to, to say. Before we get into that, I want to invite you, because pastors say that, they invite you to things. I want to invite you to go and follow our new Seminary of Hard Knocks Instagram account. I'm putting content on there every single day that's unique to just that channel. It's not anywhere else. So we're talking about social media. Uh, we're talking about uh branding and marketing and things that just kind of pick up day to day. And it's a, it's a great place to go and get community together. So on this subject, so go join me there. I'll, I'll post about the podcast, obviously, but, uh, mostly we're talking about these things in general. I'll go live. I'll do some stories. I'll do some wall posts, just things like that. that are hopefully helpful to where you are as a church communicator or as a, a pastor in a position that also has to do communications or admin th- elders, things like that. So Go check out that Instagram. It's the Seminary of Hard Knocks on Instagram. I'll put the link in the show notes, which will be found. Show notes are at sethmuse.com slash 25. This is the episode 25. So sethmuse.com slash 25 is where you can find all this. Uh, Also, on those show notes, you're going to find a link for an Easter pack of downloads. Now, Easter is this week. So at this point, if you need Easter stuff, uh, this is definitely going to save your life. Most of you have probably got all this done. That's cool. Good for you. If you're one of those that hasn't, don't feel bad. This happens. It's cool. But let me help you. Go check out this link. It's a link to ministry downloads. They have an Easter pack. It, it's going to cost you some money. It's going to cost $79. That's a steal considering what all you get. So I'll put that link in the show notes so you can go check that out. Now, let's get into the conversation I had with Ben Stapley. Uh, he is in New Jersey. He is doing great things. And uh, it's just a beautiful state. I've been there. Uh, ben has the opportunity to, to minister to people through their online ministry and their online campus. Uh, every week at Liquid Church. So here's my conversation with Ben. It's awesome. You're awesome. Thanks for listening. Check it out. (laughs) 
Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, today, I have Ben Stapley on the podcast, and we're going to be talking about video and video interviews, and I'm really excited about that. So, Ben, welcome to the show. Glad to have you, man. Seth, great to be here. Love your content. Love your platform. Love your audience. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. And I've been watching some stuff you've done on Instagram lately. Uh, a lot of little short mini episodes about different things like announcements in a series. And it one you, what, which one are you doing now? Oh, gosh. I, I usually schedule things with, um, <laughs> with Hootsuite, so I forget what I'm scheduled and what is going live. I believe it was live right now, if you were to check me out, this is the, um, that being said, this is the beginning of February, is how to run an awesome band audition. Yeah, that's and, what it was. Um, yeah, that's what we're in the midst of right now. Yeah, that's that's been really cool stuff. So following you on Instagram is going to be great. So hang around. We'll give you those handles at the end. Uh, ben, just tell us a little bit about you and where you're from, where you work, and uh, what you do there. Yeah, um, I've been in the church world working for almost 15 years now at this point, and uh, I've always had a heart to communicate. And if we have the best uh, message to communicate— the fact that uh, we we have a chance, a second chance with God, man, then we should do the best job at it. So to me, it feels like a, it's a privilege to work in the church world as a communicator, because I feel, you know, we're not selling uh, the newest pair of Nikes. We're not trying to pit vote versus Coke versus Pepsi. Um, we're communicating uh, the best news that there is out there, and I, I have a passion for that. Uh, I'm currently at Liquid Church. I've been the creative arts pastor here for about a year. And under that umbrella, I get a chance to oversee the video department, worship department, uh, church online, and service programming. So a lot of things under that umbrella. It's a privilege to do it uh, here at Liquid Church. Wow. Yeah, that is, a, that's a, that is a very large hat that you're wearing, several hats you're wearing. So, well, it, at, the Liquid, at Liquid Church, I know that you guys really do online church really well. And you do digital really well and video really well, uh, having seen some of the stuff you do. So I imagine you do a lot of video interviews. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, we um, we try to leverage as much video content as we can. It's kind of production. It can be production heavy. Uh, it doesn't mm -hmm. have to be production heavy. But uh, especially as we move into an age in which the, the, the distribution options for that video content are so large that uh, we, we kind of – even did it before social platforms were out there, social media platforms were out there. Yeah. Uh, but for churches who are on the fence as to, hey, do we invest? Do we have the pastor talk on a, on a camera for, for two minutes? Do we, do we integrate video and video testimonies or interviews to some degree at all? I would push everybody on that fence over and say you have so many vehicles and avenues of communication and distribution out there. Do it because there's a lot of audiences waiting for that great content. And you're there ready to give it to them. Yeah. And I think now the age that we're in with the advent of the glorious iPhone and smartphones of other labeled brands that I don't use, um, th the video there and the audio even is so good that even the smaller churches can build a really great video department without spending loads and loads of money on equipment. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is a lot of times the artists are an under-resourced volunteer base in a church. So you yeah. have people who are good at leading, uh, will give you leadership capacities, you're good with kids, we'll plug you into family, um, you know, you're, um, you're social, we'll have you lead a group. You're an artist, gosh, um, we don't know what to do with you. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. I'm, I'm, Unless you're a musician, we know how to in integrate you that way. But beyond that, it's hard, and you have a, a whole— um, 
growing segment of videographers, producers, storytellers in your church that would love to be able to use their skill set in a church setting. You just haven't asked them. You haven't given them a platform or an avenue to use their skill set. So for me, uh, it's, it's a great chance to get people off the sidelines and get them into the game. Yeah, I agree. I, I love that. And I love that you guys focus on that so well, um, leading kind of leading the charge for a lot of churches that, that know about what you do. Um, when you're doing an interview, let's, let's talk about these, these uh, video interviews really quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, or not. Mm-hmm. And, and when, you're, when you're putting together an interview, what do you think a video interview is? So, why do you think that's so powerful? There's three main regions why we really leverage uh, video interviews uh, is because they're visual, they're editable, and they have reach. So visual, first of all, it's a chance to show and tell the gospel. So if someone were to say, man, my life was changed, my life was turned upside down, man, if you had somebody who uh, was living um, on the streets who had, or had a, um, and they were able to, someone was able to give them a leg up and was able to change their life and get the house over their head, Bringing that person back on the street to the bridge where they used to sleep every night shows their, ta- their story. And once you make it visual, once you show it and tell it, uh, it becomes a lot more memorable and impactful for life. So it's just a visual medium, and you're able to show what you're talking about. First of all, is a stronger storytelling technique than just telling what's happening. Um, the next thing uh, I always tell people is it's editable. So you might have a great story. Um, but it might be a winding path. And for somebody to talk about it live is going to be too long. So once you're able to edit that story and to compress it into the restraints of your service time, um, it makes it a a much more compact storytelling experience. Uh, Because of that, I always encourage people to leverage videotaping the stories when possible. And then the last thing is the reach. I already mentioned this before. Uh, Gone is the day where the, the content that you create ends after your services. You have to think, you know, like, gosh, man, even 20 years ago, um, a preacher would spend 15, 20, 25, 30 hours preparing a message. They would preach it maybe once on Sunday, and then all that work would stop right there. Uh, And now, you know, we we started duplicating that cassettes and CDs and audio. Well, now we're able to do that with our video format as well. Yeah. That once it's done Sunday, man, that thing can live on your social, on your websites, it just goes so much farther, and I would say it goes so much beyond and even farther than its reach on a Sunday morning. So your audience double, quadruple, really the sky's the limit post-Sunday with your video content. Where everything else, right, it just lives on Sunday. You got it in a video format? Man, let's let's start getting that out the door and see where it goes. Yeah, I think that's one of the strongest reasons when you're when you're looking at it versus a live interview, a video interview versus a live interview. Why would you do video instead of live? You know, and I, I've done things where we like show parts of the video and then we bring them on stage and kind of complete it. And there's ways those can work together. But when you're doing just an interview, you know, if we're picking one way or the other, I think you just made a really great, great case for doing it on video um, because of that. It lives forever and it takes less time. You know that right there. I know every person planning a service out there is trying to figure out how to get seconds back in services mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. so that people can go out to eat at Golden Corral or wherever they're going afterwards. You know, I don't know if you have that up here, but that's like what we have down here. Golden Corral. Anybody have that? Taco Bell? Yes. Both. <laughs> I got Taco Bell. I know. Uh, so when you're when you do these videos, uh, I think that's great. Um, so I want to go into some practical stuff here. When you're doing interviews, stories, testimonies, the question I hear more than any other question when we're talking about videos is how do you gather those stories? 
to set mm-hmm. up for? Because, I mean, where do you find them? How, what's your system? What's your on-ramp? Like, where do you come up with all these to have videos on a regular basis? So can yeah. you tell us what your process is or like where you, what you think about that? Yeah, so we, um, we're at six campuses. And so we'll, we will sometimes, as a centrally based creative and communication team, be even more removed from those boots on the ground story. And so that's the first thing that we do is we need to have those boots on the ground. So we will connect on a regular basis um, after our service experience and talk to our campus pastors or campus coordinators, people who are um, having those high-touch experience and hearing those stories and, and asking them for those life transformations. Hey, um, what's the story you heard this weekend that you think is worth showcasing? Um, and, and the, the questions you ultimately ask are the answers that you're ultimately going to get. So we make sure we ask that question at each of our uh, recap meetings post-service. And regardless if you're multi-site, if you're one site, if you've got 1,000 people, if you've got 100 people, you can do that in your community. Even if it's you and your secretary as the, the, the lead pastor yeah. sitting down and saying, hey, did you hear anything um, Let's find out where those stories are. So first of all, you need to ask for that is, um, is one way. And, one, I, and, I, and I imagine that when you ask on a regular basis and you're, you're faithful with that, that people start thinking about it more too. Yes. And it kind of you trains sure. your people. So they'll even go into your weekends saying, oh man, where's that? I always, every Monday we're asked where yeah. are those stories of life yeah. transformation? Yeah. I got to have, have something to say. I know he's going to ask me. You know, you know, it's like, I don't want to go to that meeting without anything. You know, he's going to say, where's the life transformation? Uh, I'm sorry. I was making a graphic. <laughs> and not, beyond that, it keeps, it keeps the vision of we're yeah. here to change lives, not just make sure we have a, a technically flawless service right. or that our transitions were nailed. Like we do that so that we can have transformed lives. So where, where are those stories? Uh, so we'll ask that question. The other thing is we will try to give um, avenues for that as well. Like we'll, we'll, we have a, a webpage, liquidchurch.com slash stories, mm-hmm. in which highlights some of the key stories that we shared over the year. And on that page as well, we have an opportunity. If you have a story of life transformation, email us. We'd love to possibly showcase that down the road. So we create those avenues of uh, for people who just kind of stumble upon the stories and want to share those stories. It also telegraphs to our community that we are a storytelling people. So, hey, this is just natural. This is what we all do. We all kind of open up our chest cavity and show the, 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 the dark part of our soul that God came in and restored and is continuing to restore. And that gives him glory. So this is what we do. It seems a little messy, and this might be new to you, but that's what grace is all about. And ultimately that points towards the grace giver. So we do that. That's part of our community here. So as much as you can flag that and communicate to your people that this is a normal part of our experience, it sets them up for when they have that tender story. Oh, yeah, I'm going to share that because I've seen other people share tender stories. Uh, And that's probably the last thing I would say is, um, you might think, oh gosh, we aren't there. Well, uh, if you just start, if you start doing it, you'll get there. So you might look around and say, as the lead pastor, you know, hey, I don't, I don't have that culture. We're we're a pretty closed community. People don't share very much. Um, we're not very intimate that way. People are a little standoffish. How do I get there? Then I would say model it. So even if you don't have other stories. Bring your own stories to the table, show vulnerability, show authenticity, show restoration and redemption in your own life, that, um, that you are a life that is being transformed by God's goodness. And then when you make the call to other people, hey, it's a safe place. I've seen the pastor do that. He didn't get fired. <laughs> He's yeah. still here with us. Yeah. Um, maybe I'll consider doing that as well. So 
take the lead, uh, lead by example. Yeah, I think that's great. Also, I, I, you, you reminded me of something. We have a page like that too. It's called gospelrisk.org where we tell Mm. our people to go and take gospel risks for the gospel and then tell Mm. us about it. And you can go through it through our app or through the webpage. I don't know if there's a link on our stories Mm. page. I just Mm. put that together. Like, man, I need to go in and make sure that because I'm building a new website right now. So I haven't really addressed a lot of things on our old webpage because I'm working on the new one, but that's a good thought. I would also say set some goals. You know, I, I, Last year, I know in talking to our video producer, um, he, he was saying, we, we only told like three stories on video last year. Mm. And, and he's going, we got to do more. And so we set a goal to try to tell one video story per month, mm. and, you know, just, just one. So, and we're a larger church too. So, I mean, we're, we're baby stepping up to, like you just said, set some goals, start doing it. And even if you only got one every two months, you know, do it, you know, get, get one, go, get get thinking about it. I think that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you, when you're doing these, uh, interviews, let's get into the practical, like how to here, yeah. uh, when you're doing these interviews, a lot of times you'll get people sometimes that are really not good on camera. They're really shy. They mumble. They don't talk really well in front of people, uh, or they talk for a really long time before they get to a point and you're trying to pare it down later in post. And you're like, what happened? And let's shoot. So can you tell us how to get some good footage of these interviews to make succinct, maybe complete sentences? How do you coach them through that? Yeah, and I, I could I could break this up in terms of the, the pre-production, production and post-production. Or do you just want me to because there's I can get really get in the weeds, uh, but I usually segment things that way. Is that helpful for your audience to yeah, talk yeah, through? Yeah, that's fine. Let's talk. Let's just talk about uh, production, the actual filming of the video, setting up the video, you know, calling them ahead of time, what, giving them questions. What do you do? Yeah. So um, so what we do to, to set up that process is we we first of all, make sure we know what their story is. So the lead pastor might say, oh, gosh, I, I know so and so. This is the story. Go get it. Well, just making sure that the lead pastor and your subject know what that story, they're on the same page as towards the story. And you as the producer or the one capturing that story, you're all in alignment. To me, that's one of the key steps because if you don't have that, um, then it's not going to work, right? Yeah. Then you, the video yeah. you're going to have so that's is like, you're going to show it. Yeah. That's like start at the end before you really start. Like Exactly. And if you, if you can't state what the story is in three to four sentences, then you're not ready to start recording. So I wouldn't even – because then you do all that work, right, and you get it into yeah. production. You get into the edit booth, and you're like, this is just a mess because I thought they were a Christian, and they're still um, they're still in a pagan cult. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, <laughs> and this, this is not going to work the way I thought it was. So first of all, it, um, it's, it saves everybody's time to make sure what you want to get is what you're going to get. And then um, it just really refines your storytelling. So make sure you know what those what that is, what the story is from there – you can develop your questions and answers. And I always want to, you always want to do a pre-phone interview with your subject so that, okay, so I think I know what the story is. Based upon that, I'm going to develop a list of questions that I think will elicit that story. And I think I know what those answers are. Before I show up to the record time, ask those questions over the phone and verify um, that's what you're going to get. First of all, either either verifies that what the story is or um, it lets you know what it isn't. You need to tweak it, or it lets you know there's a better story that you didn't even realize was there, and you can kind of pull out that narrative thread. Uh, so that's the next thing that yeah. I tell people. Um, the other thing, I probably like the last thing before the record date is this um, stating shareability up front is really key in terms of what we talked about before in terms of reach. So you got this great video, 
you want to show it in your services and um, afterwards, online, websites, social media, et cetera. So I always tell the people up front, hey, look, we're going to share this story um, beyond our services because we think it's incredible. We think uh, what God did in your life is awesome, and we want as many people to hear that as possible. And if people are uncomfortable with that, generally speaking, um, we don't move forward on a story because it's going to take a lot of production time for us to capture it. And if they're not ready for us to, to share it, then they're probably not ready at a place to share it. And I'd say like nine times out of ten, you get you get um, agreement on that. Maybe like the one odd time you wouldn't. Yeah. But getting that up front is much better than uh, than <laughs> pasting it on your uh, Facebook uh, wall and uh, <laughs> doing some ad sponsorship. Yes. And then coming back saying, oh, my goodness, you talked about my pornography addiction with the whole world. I didn't know you were going to do that. Yeah, good call. <laughs> and then you, you got to retract. So state, we're going to share this up front. Um, or, you know, you maybe find a middle ground. Hey, I, I do want to talk about my porn addiction, but I only want to talk about it to the people in the room. I'm not comfortable beyond. Okay, we think that's a powerful enough, uh, enough story. We're willing to limit the distribution because of how important it is. Got it. We're all on the same page. Um, yeah, that's good. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of beforehand. And the, the day of, when I get people towards the room, one of the things I try to do is keeping them out of the room, uh, the, rec- the recording room, until it's set up. Sometimes you'll get somebody on set, you'll get them in the chair, and then they're watching the whole room be set up around them. And it's a kind of dizzying experience. It's an overwhelming experience. And so I try to keep them out of that recording room as long as possible to avoid that from them. Hmm. Uh, that's interesting. And then, does that do you think that really affects them when they're in their interview quite a bit? I uh, I find this um, I used to uh, do television uh, reporting and producing, and one of the the phrases my the executive producer used to give me was once the the talent the subject the interviewee got on set, as you want to as the interviewer, um, you want to envelop them in a cocoon of safety and intimacy, and you don't break that cocoon until the recording's done. Um, and you try not to even do it then. So once they show up on set, your job as the interviewee, how you doing? It's so great to be here. Um, tell me about the wife and kids again. And you're not, the, the, everything else is behind the scenes. You yeah. know, you, you get them mic'd up as seamlessly as possible. Um, you wait till the room settled. Hey, why don't you sit down here? This is a pro tip. I love this tip. What they would do is, and what I would do as well, if you, if you have an interviewer and a recorder, is once they are ready to roll, um, tap you on the shoulder as you as the interviewer, you know, so you, you're sitting down in the chairs. We're talking, Seth, you and I are talking. It's great. Tell me about the kids again. Oh, that's incredible. Uh, Hey, you know what? Uh, beyond the kids, you were telling me before about that addiction you struggled with. It's gambling, right? Like, how's that coming along? Oh man, that's incredible. And we're just going to seamlessly go into this interview process and you're not even aware of it. And the cameras are rolling. And after we're done talking for half an hour, I said, Seth, thanks so much. I'm, I'm so glad you shared your story. That was really powerful. And you said, wait, aren't we going to record this? To which I say, yes, we have been the whole time. <laughs> that is brilliant. Um, I, don't know how many, I don't know how many times I've had interviews like that struggle just because they were talking to me just fine before. And then I said, all right, let's start. And they go, uh... Uh, and there's nothing to say. I'm like, are you serious? And it's like, you just said it's so great. Say it like that. And they can't do it. It's amazing to me. That's a great tip. Thanks for that. The the worst thing to say, it's it's counterintuitive, but the worst thing to say in, in an interviewing set is action. Because then the interviewer knows, oh, this is for real. And so we don't do that at all. I tell the video, the, the producer, uh, sorry, the videographer, man, I want you to be um, 
seen and not heard, or maybe not even seen. Try to like literally try to hide behind the camera in the recording process. <laughs> that this is an inter- uh, this is a cocoon of safety between me and the person that I'm trying to elicit and pull out that story from. And the less you're noticed, and the less all these technological gear is noticed, the better it's going to be for people. So um, I always tell them that. And then the, the one thing that's, you know, it's kind of like a spiritual thing, but I always try to do at the end of the interview is just praying with the person. Because if you're in the church world, um, this will make sense to you. If you're not, it probably won't. Uh, but it's a spiritual principle that anytime we push forward the kingdom of light, the kingdom of darkness wants to push back against us. And anytime we're going to come forward to say this is a powerful story of how God's changed your life and your life can be changed as well, then um, – the adversary, the enemy, the Satan doesn't want that to happen. And so uh, I always pray for spiritual protection over that person who shared that story, that God would uh, protect them as the story goes out, because that is going to kind of uh, ruffle some feathers in the enemy's uh, rank. And so I always pray over that by somebody. Instead of saying, thanks for sharing your story. Thanks for being vulnerable. Now go on out there and, and best of luck and leaving them high and dry. I say, hey, as we go through this experience, as this story rolls out, uh, kind of pastorally, I'm here for you as well. And I want to do that now. And I want to let you know that I'm here for you. That's great. Because it's going gonna, it's gonna to raise some stuff within you as the story rolls out again. Yeah. And I think sometimes as technical practitioners and professionals, we kind of forget in the church world that we are pastors, even if we're you know, running a camera or a microphone boom or interviewing a person and we're so disconnected from it. We're just here doing a job. You know, it's, it's so easy to slip into that and forget that I have a pastoral duty here. Even if I'm not like considered a pastor, it's like I am in charge of this person for, for a bit, you know, to help, mm-hmm. help them spiritually because they're about to share something that's difficult and it could, it could be hard, you know um, especially when, you know, it's a, it's a hard story and it, and it gets really emotional and you're, you're standing there going, Oh, what do I do? What do I do? You know, it's like the pastoral side has to kick in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that. So, so tell me through the process when you're coaching them and, and talking them through this interview. So you just do it naturally. You just kind of let the conversation flow. I, I tried to make the interviewing process seem like a conversation. <laughs> so yeah. it's still a process. It's still a lot of science um, to it as well, but you're going to try to remove those barriers as, to, to try to get into that. Some of the things I'll state up front, just so like it's kind of hey, some grand rules. I'm going to have you incorporate my questions into your answers mm-hmm. so people have a context for what you're saying. And you might even forget that. I'm, I'll, I'll pause you and I'll just rephrase the question and we'll go again. Don't worry. You're, you didn't mess up. Uh, it's okay. Uh, but I'm just going to ask for that as we go through the whole interview. The other key thing in terms of like setting up the interviewer for interviewee for success is I always, this sounds silly, I always have to remind them that it's not live. Um, and actually, it's, yeah. it's not it's not that silly anymore because like back in the day, right? Like this is again before like I, you know I've been in the business, business for a while. You would record someone, and of course this isn't live because we don't have the technology for right. that. Um, not so anymore. This. Exactly. And so now you pull out a camera, and it, the default used to be we're recording now to show later. The default now is we're recording now and we're showing now. Whatever, when you have your phone on, I presume I'm, I'm, that is being live streamed on some type of platform, whatever it may be. And so um, it yeah. is key to tell people this isn't live. So first of all, that, that diffuses them, right? Takes all the pressure off, lets them know, don't worry, um, we can do retakes. Uh, it also lets people know that if um, we're going to make you look the best as you can. We're going to let the story sound as good as it can. So we're here to set you up in the story for success. And there's, no, there's not going to be any gotcha questions um, there isn't going to be flub moments that's going to be out on a blooper reel. 
this is this is an intimate 30 minute uh, you know experience but it's going to be compressed to an awesome three minute story yeah I, awesome um do you tell them like so you're telling them like com- answer me in complete sentences basically so that i don't mm-hmm. have to be on the video you know yeah. you don't want the interviewer's questions to be in there and then it kind of go be like a television news interview you want it where they're just talking you it's they're telling their own story as best as they can um so let's let's look at that at the post editing process a little bit i know we can't go into too much detail uh because it is very a very technical thing and and you need to show a lot of times more than just tell but in terms of story what are you typically looking for when you're editing a story down because you'll get like a nine minute cut of footage uh, where, when you finally just cut out all the ums and whatever that you want to put in there, and then you have a target. So what do you typically target your story interviews time-wise? And then how do you find that story that's in there and pick, because there's usually more than one, which one do you pick? Like, how do you come to that? Yeah. So w- one of the things that I'll do is I'll come back to that three to four sen- sentence story description. And, and hopefully you will have had clarity on this is the story we want to tell. These are the questions that we need to get and need to ask because these are the answers we're looking for. So hopefully you're not going to have – if you do that homework up front, you're not going to have too much homework on the yeah. back end. And the, the answers you're going to have is just a matter of condensing them um, and you know uh, maybe dropping one or two out. So hopefully that's the case because you did the homework up front. Um, if, if it's not, um, what I like to do in the editing process is I like to get an extra set of eyes on it. So I got it down to five minutes. I was like, gosh, man, I – I'm so in the weeds, it's hard for me to have an objective eye. What I'll do is I'll tell somebody else, hey, Seth, I got this great story. It's five minutes. It really feels like it needs to be down to two or three. Um, This is the big idea. Let me tell it to you. You watch it, and then you tell me what doesn't work anymore. It's it's one of those situations where you've been involved in this process for so long, you lose a bit of that objectivity. You need someone to come out with a fresh set of eyes. And you might think, gosh, that third question I asked, whether she started tearing up, I, I really have to keep that. But you might look at it and say, well, that's not part of the actual story. She was talking about um, how her, her husband left her, and, but the story is about their adopted daughter, and that, that, that part doesn't play into it. So you got you know, it's a great response, but it doesn't tell the story well. So I always try to get an objective set of eyes on that. So whatever, wherever size church you are, that can apply, right? Yeah. You can always, even if it's your spouse, you're, you know, the lead pastor, you did this video on your phone, you cut it on iMovie. Awesome. Get your spouse to look at it and say, is this a good story? Where's the fluff? Help me cut some stuff out is the first thing that I try to do. Yeah. Uh, and then we, we haven't talked about this as well, but if you're looking to tell a tight story in editing, any visuals that you can use to support this is very beneficial. That's kind of industry term. That's called B-roll. The visuals that talk about this, again, going back to the homeless story of the guy living under the bridge, getting him, getting that shot of the bridge where he used to live under and using that when he's talking about that, again, you want to show as much as you can tell. So as much visual as you can cram into the story and show it as well as tell is very beneficial. Yeah. And that's good. I'm glad you brought that up. Getting that extra stuff where you're just filming with no intention of using the audio behind it, you know, or whatever, like the street or of the hands as they're messing around with their hands, you know, or what this B roll that is so important because standing there, sitting there, just listening to somebody talk and watching them sit in a chair, not only makes your editing difficult when you have to cut things audio wise for the story, because then it affects your video. You need something to kind of put over that so you can make those transitions really smooth. I like that. That's good. I'm glad you brought that up. The other thing is too, I, I love 
doing that with our uh, our production guy. He'll come into my office and go, hey, will you look at my what I've got here? I've got nine minutes mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. or seven minutes and I need it to be three. And so I'll come in and go, yeah, this thing, I don't know why you put that there. And that's like six minutes of what you've got, dude. You know, and he's yeah. like, oh, my gosh, that makes total sense. And it's not that I'm brilliant. It's just that I'm the second set of eyes. I always feel like if I'm editing and I'm cutting things that I like out of the video to make it shorter, then I mm-hmm. did I did good on the front end. I did yeah. I did my homework really well. Yeah, and your your people might be asking. You talked about like duration right there, right? So what is what is a good story? Does it have to be two minutes? Is it supposed to be nine minutes? And that's I, I usually tell people like fit it within the 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 storytelling platform that you have. So a movie people are going to watch. That's the only thing that you're going to experience, right? Is the movie. So you can take you can take the the ninety minutes, or it can be the Lord of the Rings extended cut, and it can be four hours. Yes, as you know? it should be. Yes, it's, <laughs> I, won't, yeah. I won't crap on that. Sorry, they <laughs> realize it's hallowed ground. <laughs> it should be four hours. Put it all in yes. there, Peter Jackson. They can have four, um, you know, closing credit scenes and curtain calls on the last movie. Yes, sure. Yes, yeah. let's let's make this also motion footage. Great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was the weirdest so, part of that movie, man. I'm telling you, when they're talking and it's in slow mo, it just—it was I, a great experience until I fo- started to fall asleep and my legs fell yeah. asleep. And... <laughs> I love those movies. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. So, so what I usually look is if your service, you know, a lot of uh, kind of Protestant church services in the states right now, you know, run between you know 60 and 90 minutes. Um, if you're looking at that format, and you know, maybe a message is anywhere between like 30 and 45. Well. How long should a story be in that message, you know, that message package and that overall experience? I usually tell people anywhere between like two and four minutes um, is kind of the right size for that platform. Uh, anything less than that, it's hard to tell a compelling story in two minutes unless it's a really tight, like, you know, we're just telling one point. It's one big idea and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if there's any arc or flow to the story then it's going to be hard to tell in less than two minutes. And any more than four minutes, then it should be a very, very compelling story with a lot of beats to it. Um, But if you can't, then you're, uh, I would say like you could probably tighten up your, your, your storytelling game. If you're, you know, if you're going five, six, nine minutes long, that is, um, that usually drags on. And if you don't believe me, then like show it to an unchurched friend and see when they like, check out yeah when their eyes glaze over and they're like yeah i'm done man I, and that, they're gonna be the hardest and that you know what that like that's the audience in your church you got people there don't know you don't know the subject aren't necessarily compelled on sold in christ yet yep and you want to keep them engaged and if they're not then you got to tighten up that story yeah and i'll say yeah, too as a social media guy my concern then is for different formats uh for different platforms i mean the video needs to be a certain link to be able to to put it out you know, for Instagram, yeah. it has a one minute limit. So if a videographer cuts stories where every minute he kind of faded or something, that would be so great because I could put it out in sections uh, mm-hmm. without really having to re-edit anything. Or on Facebook, you've got really no limit, but you got a file size limit, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just thinking about that ahead of time, too, in formatting and how you, you choose your limits and choose your, your, your links, it helps with social and getting that story out further as well. Yeah. So the, the thing I found helpful in terms of the editing process too, is trying to get the eyeballs of whoever is going to be communicating it on it earlier than later. So in other words, if it's going to be your lead pastor, he's using it in the message, get it to him midweek, uh, because then he'll want to maybe make tweaks and make some changes to that. Instead of Saturday night, you get it to him Saturday night. Uh, he's not pleased with it. Then you have no chance to turn it around or to tweak it. So whatever your timeline is, make sure you give yourself, um, 
give yourself a chance to make that initial draft and then the final draft, at least two drafts, the initial draft and the final draft. And that gives you a chance, your, your communicator, to give you feedback, to make the product better, to make them happier with it, and ultimately make that experience on a Sunday morning service even better. Yeah, and I think that helps your relationship with your pastor as well. Um, if you constantly are the guy that is putting him in a bind and like, oh, we had this really great thing. I was counting on it or I really look forward to it. And then wah, 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 sad mm-hmm. trombone, can't do it too late. I didn't like it, whatever. Then he's going to stop asking you to do things. You yeah. know, he's going to get frustrated with you and that's going to cause that relationship to have a little static. And then your job is going to be more difficult in the future. So let's talk about music real quick before we, uh, before we start to wrap up the music on a, on a video is so important to creating that mood, to creating that that feeling that you feel maybe in the room or or even live that you might feel that you may not get on video. So tell us a little bit about how you choose music and maybe even some places that you can go to get music you can actually use that's not illegal. Yeah, so music is vital to telling the story. It sets the emotional tone. So even before you hear what someone's saying, you hear that first, you know, the string and you know, tugging on my hearts. Oh gosh, I know, I know where this story is going to go. So it sets the tone for where the story is going to go. And so it's vitally important as much as what's happening elsewhere. Sometimes we'll even pick out the music before we know the answers to the story because we know it's that uh, important to tell the the sort of the story well. The big question people ask me, <laughs> what you asked, is so hey, how do I get this music? Um, how do I get it inexpensively, and how do I do it legally? so that I'm not going to get thrown in uh, jail or that I'm not going to uh, burn my budget on this. There's four, like, there's kind of four or five main sites that I push anybody, whether you got, you know, a thousand people church, a hundred people church, great places to find music would be premiumbeats.com, uh, melodyloops.com, audiojungle.com, musicvine.net. And the last one's a little odd. It's um, art-list.io. That's a little more kind of artsy-fartsy. But those are the five sites that I found to be have great content, has different content at each of them, and you'll be able to find a great song on one of those places. And again, relatively inexpensive. Awesome. And and, and tagging on to that, you know, you're thinking about paying for music because those are pay sites. I mean, they're not free, but they're cheaper, right? They're 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 affordable. Yeah, some you know five dollars for a song. Some maybe a little more. Expensive. Some of the really nice stuff you might be spending twenty five, forty, fifty bucks. But it's it's like. You, oh gosh, I spent 50 bucks for this song. It sets the tone for what people are going to hear. Like, do you want them to pay attention to your video? Yes. Then spend the 50 bucks on the song yeah. and pull them in. It's totally worth it. I think this has been really great stuff. Um, this is very helpful, very practical. So tell everybody where they can connect with you online to find out more about this or kind of follow what you're doing and especially how to find you and connect with some of these tips and tricks that you're, you're talking about. Yeah, you can find out more about me at benstapley.info, or you can connect with me on social media at Ben Stapley. I'm usually on most platforms under that handle. Yeah, and again, I'll tell you, go to Instagram. There's a lot of great stuff going on there with you. Uh, I think those little short clips have been super helpful. Just great, compact little pieces of info that you can apply immediately. It's been great. Good. Well, Ben, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. It's been awesome. I've had a blast. Thanks so much. I love your audience again. Love this experience. Well, thanks. And and before you go, we always do a five on the spot with our guests, five random questions you haven't seen beforehand that are really just ridiculous for for the heck of it. So let's do it. Let's do it. Here we go. Five questions. Question number one. If you had to name your beard, what would you call it? Manly. Manly? The name is Manly? 
Yeah. Manly beard. That's awesome. I would. Uh, I, I'm thinking about naming mine George Michael. <laughs> but I'm gonna have to shave it down a little bit more. I can't be. Yeah, bushy. you got to keep it tight there. I used. I used to have a huge beard, and it was. I, I called it Willie. Oh, from, I've never thought. I've always named my cars. I've never named my facial hair. That's gonna be my 2007. <laughs> uh, you know, goal there. Yeah, it's, it's like sparkles. Somebody, somebody I know started an Instagram account. I can't remember what it was called. Just for his beard, and it was like random scenes of him and his beard <laughs> and just the beard not his face with his beard next to a coke can or something i don't know it was really stupid it didn't last very long but anyway all right number two you're on a desert deserted island and only have three books what are they mm, i've enjoyed uh rereading um amusing yourself to death by neil postman uh written in the 70s but really applies to today and mm-hmm. uh um, I'd, I'd probably have to say by default the bible um, and, um, I like the science fiction works by, um, gosh, I'm going to butcher his name. Um, it's completely, completely blanking. He's the guy who, uh, wrote all the books that were the movies based on the like Blade Runner. Oh, um, I, I was thinking you meant L. Ron Hubbard. Was it L. Ron Hubbard? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not that science fiction. Not that work. science fiction? Okay. Slash religious work. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's a good. Okay, number three. What's something surprising about New Jersey that most people don't know? Uh, um, Jersey is, it's actually pretty cinematic and scenic. There's, so there's people normally think of maybe the Meadowlands or they think of um, industry and factories, but there's a whole section to it, the, the west side and south side of Jersey, that is a little more scenic and uh, rural and, and beautiful. So that is surprisingly pleasant to live here. Yeah, being so close to New York City, I think you get the stigma of being very metro instead yeah. of rural. I mean, you're called the Garden State. I mean, there's a reason for that, right? It is lush. It it's is very, very lush. lush. Yeah, I've been there, and it's, it's really pretty. I was, I was surprised at that as well. Um, all right, so number four, what's a band whose music has changed your life? It's been life. Uh, I've kind of tracked with Radiohead since I was younger. I've always found their mu- music influential to me. I don't know if I changed my life but it is kind of a bit of a soundtrack for my life nice radio so you're a radiohead fan yeah, yeah. what's what's uh what's your favorite what do you think is their best album um amnesiac amnesiac really yeah yeah uh, it's what i enjoy the most yeah i had that one it came out right after kid a right yep yeah that was a good one uh my favorite is definitely okay computer uh, oh, yeah. I, yeah. I'm a classics kind of 90s guy <laughs> all right so question five and this is a big one all right you ready Drop it on me. Who loves Kanye more, God or Kanye? Oh, can we can we tie it on that one or no? <laughs> I think like it might would, be a tie. Who would win in an arm wrestling match? Can we go with tie? <laughs> I'm gonna overspeak. Um, you know what? No one could beat God. So Kanye, I, you, you may love yourself a bit, but guess what, Kanye? God loves you. Mike dropped here even more. Yes, and, and it's and it's it's very close still. It's very close, but God definitely loves Kanye more than Kanye loves Kanye. But not to throw him under the bus. That might be true for all of us, though. (laughs) That's very true for all of us. I'm I'm a little self-absorbed as well. Kanye is very obvious about it. He's very very upfront. At least least you know where you stand with Kanye. Exactly. Exactly. It's second. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, Ben, thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, I think this has been really great. I can't wait for our audience to hear this and, and get started on their video production 
department at their churches, even if they're a tiny church or a large mega church and they're improving. So thanks again for coming on the show, man. Thanks, Seth. Again, enjoyed it so much. All right, guys. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for checking us out and listening all the way to the end. Uh, thank you, for Ben, for coming on the show. And again, follow me over on Seminary of Hard Knocks Instagram and see some of the stuff we're doing over there. It's really fun. I'm having a good time with it. So thanks for listening. I will catch you guys later. See you.